Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I am your host, Doc G, with me, back once again, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles Berlin. Sweet. Another show in quarantine, Doc. Mm. But we're, we're making it, man. We're forcing these people to listen to us. Mm. I got a little something to say about that, Dave. I got a little something to say about that. Um, Word. As you saw, Dave, I had a problem getting Claude's name right last week. So true. Uh, yeah. I feel like he was a little offended. I mean, you know, I can understand. He has been a part of the show for four years, five years, you know? So yeah, I understand. more than me. I told him, though, I've, I said, the problem is I wrote down your name in the outline of the show. That's and I'm not really sure why I write your name for all the prompts. Like, I don't need to remember your name. Yeah, it's... But, <laughs> I do, after you say it a couple of times, but, you should have it there. But I put it all the way through, like all six pages of an outline for a show. It's just Dave every single time. It's a half like, page worth of Dave. It, pretty much. Pretty much. Like a half page. I don't know why I need to do it, but I do. And so every time, like, I'd just be like, Dave, and I'd be like, it's not his name. Ah, oh, I screwed up again. But anyways, thanks. Move. Thanks to Claude for coming on the show. For stepping in. Couldn't, Shout out to Claude. Couldn't have done it without a man. Uh, can't wait to have him back on the show to do what he does. Talk about the NBA. You That's know? right. Can't wait for that. Hopefully that's soon. But I yeah, do think sooner than later, please. Think we need to talk about this whole coronavirus deal. Um, nope. Okay, we haven't the last few shows. So no, it's probably no about that time. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to approach it in a couple things. I think we need to talk about self quarantining, social distancing, Dave. First of all, okay. Dave, I found um, I'm much more okay with this than other folks. Mm -hmm. Word. Mm -hmm. Like you know, obviously. The actual virus, horrible. I want none of that nonsense. No, no, thank you. So true. But the actual self-quarantining, the being by yourself, I got, I got no problem with it. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. I've been. I've, yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I've been looking on social media, right? And they like, yeah, obviously, like the people that have to deal with it on a minute-to-minute -minute basis. Like I was saying, horrible nurses, doctors, that mm -hmm. kind of debt. Move. No, thank you. That's a fact. No, thank you. Yeah. But the people sitting at home make it seem like their whole life is falling apart just because they can't go out to like a bar. So true. And like, yeah. I, I'm just, I, well, it's not. You know, like the last, last week actually is where it kind of hit me where I was like, man, I really wish I could be at home working, you know. Yeah. But I had to go up to, to my facility. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was just happy to have my job and be up there. Yeah. But at the second, when I go home, 
and I have to self-quarantine, especially on the weekend. Yeah. Man, are there just some days where I'm just happy to sit on the couch. Yeah. You know? I have. And just recover and do nothing. I have no problem being at home. That is completely fine with me. Like, you know? Like, I mean, uh, like, I, I'm saving money. A lot of money. People always <laughs> tell me they're like, "Oh, you're you're an extrovert, man. You like to go." But I got to be honest, I got no problem. And like, I'm one. I'm getting more things done, Dave. Yes. I've got so many yeah. things done. Two. Your house is probably pretty clean. It's now. much cleaner. Yes, it is. <laughs> Two. Even better dental hygiene system. I'm not going to go into it. Don't worry, Dave. Oh, Don't God. worry. But it's better. You have more time now for your morning routine. It's better, man. And like fit well, now you can use your whole setup after lunch too. Yeah, and fitness, fitness is better, man. I'm getting more fitness in, which is I mean, you know, surprising, but I'm getting more of it in. Uh but I will say here's the here's the downside. Here's the downside of being home. All of our former guests, all entertainers obviously, mm-hmm. right? All mm-hmm. performers. Uh, they have right. to be at home. They're not used to doing that. Yeah. Nope. So, since all these folks can't entertain people in social gathering they've turned to entertaining people on the internet yeah i've seen some uh, artists go live and stuff yeah pretty cool and you know who already does that dave us so true we do that right and i'm gonna be honest no offense i completely understand what they're doing but it's cramping our style a little bit so true I mean, well, I thought... You know, when, that's the best form of flattery. I thought when this would happen, though, like, I thought our numbers would go up. And I've been looking. Our numbers have gone down, Girl, come on. Dave. And you know why? Because everybody's posting on Instagram. They're going live on Instagram or Facebook Live or Zoom or everything True. else. And and they're, they're roping Doc G people out of the loop. I don't like it, Dave. I mean, I'm gonna let it happen. We, I get we it. We need to take a few out. I get we it. They're to, losing. Do that. They're losing hundreds and th- hundreds and thousands of dollars because they can't go out and perform. They got to do something. I understand. I'm just thinking, we're losing listeners because of Reese Witherspoon's dope live feeds, and it yes! makes me How dare her. Makes me upset Nerve. a little bit. Stills our thunder a little bit. I mean. It doesn't matter, Dave. You just need to track when she goes live, and then you go live and out outperform nope. her. It doesn't matter, do Dave. Crazy. I still know the regulars got our back. <laughs> the Dublins, of the Genoas, the ride-or-die folks. Mozambique. They're still here. They're still here. I get it, Dave. Uh, but here's another irritation, completely not with the coronavirus, that I noticed while cruising the social media pages, Dave. Um mm-hmm. It's been happening well before the coronavirus, but I've been seeing it just a lot because I've been cruising some pet owners' uh, social media feeds. Word. And it's they're insistent yep. on talking to their pet, not just talking to the pet. I get that. A lot of people talk as their pet, right? You know? they, mm-hmm. act, But calling themselves mum. Wait, what? Not mom. Mum. Or dad. I get that. I'm not a fan of it, Dave, but I've accepted it. Nope. Like, I understand. For me, I consider a pet a compadre, like your bros, you know? So true. You're not, you're not, yeah. the, you're not the parent. It's not a parental figure to me. It's a bro. No, I am its, I am its parent. Okay. Well, Storm for, and Bentley's parent. for you, that's the way you do it, Dave, not me. I'm a bro to a pet. That's right. If I'm, if I, if I ever get a pet... 
I will be its bro. I'm not going to be its parent. Okay. You know, that's just for Fair me. Enough. But I've accepted parents. But I cannot accept, Dave, I cannot accept being a mum. Nope. Okay? These people aren't British. Well, yeah, like yeah, you can't be a mum. If That's you're too far. if you're British or somewhere else that traditionally uses the term mum, fine. So true. Fine, but if you're from Yonkers and you're using mum, it's lame. All right. If you're from Greensboro, North Carolina, and you're using mum, that's not okay. Doesn't make you sound more worldly. It just makes you sound like a turd. All right. Don't do it. Right. Don't do it. <laughs> Anyways, Dave. Now that we've lost eighty percent of our listeners to Reese Witherspoon dope ass live feed, and we've lost the other twenty percent by me offending them, telling them they can't use the term mum. Are you ready to fire up the show? Let's fire it up, Dad. Wait, what? up and burning two one zero and look no, oh yes <laughs> uh, parental figure on the doc g show that is me nope dave we have a fantastic show we have the terrific musician songwriter mr jared dickinson he took some time out of his self-quarantining to talk to us fantastic there we go we're going to talk about his upcoming show he actually has a weekly live feed he's been doing Say what? i don't think we've crossed oh. too many listeners so i'm not too concerned you know okay. plus it's only once a week so it's not like his his listeners can't go to our recorded show you know nope. to our right. podcast right. you know they could do both. Exactly. We're okay with that. We talk all kinds of things, though. We're going to talk eateries of the Southeast. We might even talk a little fixer-upper, Dave. Fixer-upper. Wow. Yeah, because he's from Waco, home of oh, fixer-upper. Nice. Yeah. I am a big fan of fixer-upper. You know, Joe, J- Joey and Chip, man. Joey and Chip. Seem like a good time. They're my peeps. They seem pretty positive, those guys. Seem pretty positive. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard them say anything negative. Nope. But first, we start where we start, Dave. Birthday suit. That's right. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Now, just to let you know, that was a on the fly, Dave. I didn't have that in the outline. That was on the fly, Dave. Sure. Every now and then, I throw some in there <laughs> on the fly. Every time you say Dave, I'm going to be like, he had that written down. He had that down. written down. Um, first, I got to say, though, for this birthday suit, shout out to a long-time, uh, old-time friend, Emmanuel Topiel. It's her birthday, April 1st. Shout out to her. Happy shout birthday. Out. Yes. Shout out. Met Emmanuel way back in the day, I think, ooh, 2003, maybe? Jeez. 2003? Dang. Yeah. It's been a while. Old peeps back from college. Say what? Old peeps. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's a doctor now. What? She's on the front lines there. Doctor. Oh, look at you guys. Yeah. Doctor peeps you. Yeah, she's a well, she's a real doctor. She's an MD. She doesn't have the fake uh, doctor PhD. Girl, That's on. not she's not a philosophizer. Okay. She's a real deal. Real <laughs> she, deal. She's in the front lines Ex- doing stuff. Exactly. Real things. But to our real birthday suit uh wearer right now, by the way, Dave, uh, I think we have two that you'll get, one that you won't. Um so here we go. Cool. This one you'll get. Alrighty. Born on April 1st, 1988 in North Hollywood, California. His mother was a professional swimmer, and his father was a professional baseball player. Hmm. Our birthday suit wearer loved basketball, played throughout high school on both the school team and the AAU team. He and his twin brother, Brooke, committed to play at Stanford University. 
In 2008, he was drafted. Lopez. Uh, Robin Lopez. Boom! I, w- I was waiting until you thought of the other Lopez twin. Yes! Robin Lopez is correct. In 2008, he was drafted by the Phoenix Suns. Net, uh, uh, and then... Um, what? Sorry, I got 15th overall. Since then, he has played for the Hornets, the Trailblazers, the Knicks, the Bulls, and now the Bucks. That is Robin Lopez together. What what made you pick Robin over Brooke? Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. How they're both <laughs> on. They're both born on the same. I day. just I was just looking for famous people, and he was well, the first depend, one. Depending at the time, that's true. He, he could born, have actually been April second. You know. I didn't check. It could have been yeah. that delayed on the on the day. I didn't look on the uh, pushing. Yeah, not that big of a deal. But. Uh, I guess actually, you for, you you for sure know that Robin was born today. So no offense that's all that to to Robin, but Brooke actually is the better player, arguably. Player, definitely. I mean, definitely. not even arguably. He's been an R. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been an All Star. Robin hasn't been an All Star. No offense, Robin. Maybe someday. I, I I think the light's fading on that, but who knows? Maybe. Hmm. Who knows? He's a good role player. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you know, a role player in the greatest league on the planet, you know, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. You know. It's, uh, Probably worth like $30 million you at know. least. And if, if he's not worth that much, he can always fall back on the brother. So true. You know? You're twins. <laughs> you just live with his brother. You have, to look, you have to look out for him when you're twins. But happy birthday to both twins, regardless, Brooke. I'm going to follow up. I'll find out if Brooke was April 1st, too. I'll look that up real quick. Um, but, yes, happy birthday to both. Turning the big 32. 32 for Robin. Yes. Nice. Yes. Dave, we have to go to the segment previously on the Doc G Show. Yes. Previously on the Doc G Show. Okay, so two things. First, Claude pronounced on the show that it was he who created the shout-out segment on the show. Now, I couldn't really remember. I was a little hazy on this. Uh, Yeah, I I don't remember either. I went back, and uh, now, yes, he did have a show where he gave a lot of shout-outs, but it's not all the way true that that really fired up the segment. He did give a lot of shout-outs one show, and yes, tons of shout-outs. But I have to say, I actually think... Uh, as much as I could tell, we sort of organically started shout-outs to your girlfriend, actually. That was when shout-outs started in earnest, because I started giving shout-outs to other people after that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I didn't... So I so we would like... To, I would relate it to Kayla, and then... Yes. We'd be like, shout-out to Kayla. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then I didn't... Okay. I didn't... And Storm, we'd be like, shout-out to Storm. Yeah, I didn't make the sound effect until last year around the, the fall. Shout-out. That's when the sound effect, and then really the segment took shape. So true. Yes. Yes. And then second, Dave, I also mentioned an Aretha Franklin song that I said was dope. Couldn't remember the name. Hello, Sunshine. Not Mr. Sunshine. Hello, Sunshine. Close. Came out in 1968 on her album Aretha Now. Very underrated Aretha album right there. So Very true. underrated. There's a lot of jams on that one, Dave. A lot of jams. Say hard to be underrated, but... Well, I mean, you know, her. a couple of the others get... Uh, some of the real uh, glow. What you know? They get right. they get right. the st- they get the, they get the Grammys. They get the attention, the admiration. This one a little underrated. 
Anyways. All right, Dave. It's time. Rip from the headlines. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Rip it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, Dave. uh, We've got, uh, sadly... We've got a lot of coronavirus stories. We got to jump in. Oh, come on. Yeah, we got to do it. Oh man, we got to do something. Don't right. don't worry. We'll jump back off of them next week. I'll I'll find. Okay. Trust me, I'll find just some ridiculous stories. Last week was chocked with uh, full with some pretty ridiculous, just non-coronavirus stories. Yes. This this week. That's true. Gotta 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 do some coronas. So here uh, first is a story from the New York Daily Newsday. Uh, and you may ask yourself, uh, what if I don't follow the stay at home? Hmm. You know, what if I just feel Ooh. like being a Billy Bass and breaking <laughs> the rules? You know, get arrested. Well, uh, it's a good question. So true. And apparently in Rwanda, you may not be arrested, Dave, but you'll probably be eaten by crocodiles. So in Rwanda, like Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? So in Rwanda, <laughs> they've got they've got a stay-at-home curfew. You know, they got to stay at home. You got to stay at home. There's actually only been 40 confirmed cases at the time of this article. I'm sure it's gone up since then, Dang. but only 40 at the time. But they locked it down, right? That's right. And uh, Rwanda's in between the Congo and Tanzania. So apparently, uh, 12 million people in the country. They said, "Hey, don't go." Unless, unless it's absolute, you know, food, some other essential, don't go outside. Well, one guy, he was like, you know what? Nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fishing tonight. Mm. Need to go fishing, right? While he was fishing, <laughs> he was attacked and eaten by a crocodile. Jeez. Oh my gosh, that's why you don't break the law. Well, I mean, right there, folks. I'm just that's saying. It. I'm saying, if that rule was in America. The thought that you could possibly be eaten by a crocodile probably wouldn't be as many people breaking the stay-at-home order. <laughs> There'd be way more people at home. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? I mean... I, you know, and that makes me think of, like, all the people I've seen on boats the last two weeks. Yeah. Like... If you just put a couple oh, crocodiles in the water, mm-mm. Nope. You know what? Those Pass. boats are back. Pass. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. So, nope. Dave, this next story is from Yahoo News. Uh, Dave, you've probably heard the saying, it could have been worse, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's out there. A lot of people say it. And, you know, I mean, when you think about it, it's a very true statement, but it's true all the time. Like, there's really no instance where that's not true. You could always add, then his balls got ripped off, and the story would be worse. Or, like, you know... Uh, then a bird crapped on his head. Instantly, worse situation, Blame. right? He pretty much always make something worse. Well, let's use that oh, case man. in this pandemic, Dave. Uh, there's a pandemic. Okay. It's horrible. Hundreds of thousands of people are infected, but it could be worse. Right. We could be in Indonesia, where apparently not only do they have COVID-19 to worry about, they also have an active volcano to worry about. What? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So last week, Mount Maripai, I think I'm saying that correctly, uh, is the most active volcano in the country. Uh, And it erupted out of nowhere on Friday, shooting ash, dust, and smoke 5,000 meters in the air. Jeez. Most of the town in the area was 5,000 meters. 5,000 meters. Wow. Yeah. 5K, Dave. 
The Ash Literally did a 5K. A 5K. Yes. Um, and uh, it, it covered the whole town in dust and ash. Uh, an eruption of this same volcano in 1930 actually killed 1,300 people. Luckily, nobody was killed so far in this. Uh, the National Disaster Mitigation Agency in Indonesia spoke out and said, quote, there's been no reports of damage from the eruption, so we urge people to stay calm and not panic, end quote. What? I don't know, Dave. It's hard not to panic with an active volcano. I mean, exactly, and the coronavirus. Like, what do you do? I don't. I. I don't know. Maybe it's because we're in Florida, where there aren't active volcanoes. Thank you. But like, that's something I don't really want to be around. You know, that's always been something for Hawaii that I'm like, yeah. So true. Yeah. You know, like I mean, if you got fire and ash shooting out of the earth. That's like one of the number one signs to panic. That's a fact. Like literally the oh, solid yeah. ground you stand on is turning into lava. There's a little panic. A little panic oh, in that. Man. So far, though, uh, it hasn't erupted again. So right now, in the clear, Dave. Good. Let's, let's hope Indonesia stays in the clear. Yes! So, Dave, this next story is from the New York Times. Uh, there's been a lot of panic and stress buying because of the virus, you know? We've talked about it off air, the ridiculous buying mm -hmm. of toilet paper and frozen pizzas and everything else, right? Well, right. there's a new one that people have been wiping off the shelves, uh, or at least the coops in this case. Word. People have been stress buying chickens. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Chickens. <laughs> And not necessarily to eat. I mean, Dave, like no, maybe they want their eggs. Maybe to eat their eggs, but like they've been stress buying the actual animal. Hmm. Across the country, chicken hatcheries are telling people that they have ran out of chickens for the next couple of weeks. Word. And this really? this apparently isn't like a new thing, Dave. Apparently, chick sales have historically gone up during stock market downturns. And in presidential election years. Hmm. Oh, this is a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a weird pattern. Exactly. Talking to Miss Amy Anale, she's a uh, musician from Austin, Texas. She said she bought four hens and a rooster a week ago. She said, I thought I'd get some chicks before everyone panics at once and buys them. What? Uh, we also wanted a fun oh project gosh. to keep busy. Um, what? A fun project? Nope. Yeah, that didn't sound like a fun project. No. Me. No, Dave. As a person that graduated from the University of South Carolina, whose mascot is a rooster, so essentially what I'm saying, Dave, is I'm a I'm an expert at these things. Yeah. Right. Uh, you are. You want to know what they do? They cock-a-doodle do. That's a scientific mm. term, Dave. Yes. And in, is. anytime they want to start some shit, they cock-a-doodle do. It's not just morning. Oh. Anytime they see another rooster, that's what they do. Or they see something that they think's trying to come at them, they cockadoodle do. They do it. Dude, you all, are a pro with these all the time. <laughs> it's 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 nonsense, Dave. I don't want to hear it near my home, right? Nope. If you're worried right. about if you're worried about food, get an orange tree. That's a fact. They make some oranges, <laughs> you know. 
and they don't cock yep. a doodle do or get a sack of pinto beans so those true. things are good for five years you can just have beans all the live long day come on you literally could i mean and it got as much protein and more fiber that's right if you're looking out for fiber get some beans that's all i'm saying mm. that's all i'm saying it's weird dave stress buying chickens <laughs> Never heard. Dude, you got to live off the land, man. Stress buying chickens. Nuts. All right, Dave. Uh, our next house. Uh, next house. Sorry. That was in the outline, and I had to say it. Our next story is from <laughs> NapleNews.com. I hate when they get switched like that. You know, they just in the brain. It just. Uh, have you ever been to Fort Myers, Dave? Hmm. Um. I think like once or twice. You know, I've lived in Florida all these years. I've never been, actually been to Fort Myers. Nope. Kayla went to school there too. She went to FGCU, she w- FGCU huh? She's a, mm-hmm. what are they, uh, Eagle? Is it just an Eagle? They're the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, just an Eagle. See, I should have gone there for the reason that uh, my high school was the Eagles as well. You know? Oh, you could have kept it going. Yeah. Well, and then the undergrad, even still, you know, Miami were were the ibises. You know? Right. I mean. You kept it in birds. Yeah, well, I kept it in birds at UNF when I was working there as well. You know? Birds there. Look at you. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I mean, now, I mean, it broke the streak. Anyway, I got sidetracked. I got really sidetracked. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Fort Myers, Dave. You know what they have? Thomas Edison's winter house. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Thomas Edison. Uh, he stayed winners in Fort Myers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So wh- where Tommy Boy spent his winters. And of course, Tommy didn't take breaks in the winter. He kept on inventing. So, you know, there's all kinds of inventives and inventions in his house, you know? Right. So, Dave, mm-hmm. there. This is a landmark that people can go visit, and they do. You can go visit his winter house. Sweet. Well, up until Tuesday this past weekend, it was still open for business. Wait, what? And Dang. you know, once this got out to the public, people didn't really like it. They were like, "Hey, there's a pandemic going on. Shut your house down, <laughs> right?" And once it did hit the 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 public uh, airwaves, they did. They shut and it, it. Just spread. They, they, yeah, they shut they it down. To. So, this is my question, though. Like, mm-hmm. why have it open? Hmm. Is is the, yeah really? Is is there a is there a mad dash of people in America that are like, you know what? It's a pandemic going on. What we should do? Well, that's probably <laughs> what we should do is go see Thomas Edison's house. Like, who's wanting to go well, see I, Thomas Edison's they, they house? They were keeping it open because there was probably less than 10 people a day going to what, see it. I mean, if that's true, then yeah, keep it open. Because, like, I can't imagine, even not during pandemic times, that really you get more than 10 people in that house at once. Nope. I mean, right. no offense to that house, but really? Like, I mean, I'd probably go see it. Nope. But if I went and saw it, I'd be amazed if there were more than 10 people in that house. I'd be like, whoa. Exactly. What the? These, these people also had nothing else to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what? Really? All right. I guess, you know? It's weird. I really want to know the person that's like, I want to learn about Thomas Edison. And you know what? Pandemic's not going to stop me. I'm going right now. <laughs> like, it's weird. Anyways. 
So something else that hasn't shut down, Dave. Uh, this next story that comes uh, from MyJournalCourier.com. MyJournalCourier.com. Dave, everything in West Peoria, Illinois was going well. It's going well as far as the corona uh, response. Uh, they had all the proper responses in place. And by that, I mean I don't actually know any of their emergency responses, but I do know the Green Door Video Erotic Boutique was doing curbside service for all your erotic oh, video needs. Yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah. That's when somebody in the community complained that erotic videos are not an essential service. Girl, come on! What? There's always that one person. What? There's always... Before they closed, Dave, uh, Green Door commented on Facebook saying, The Green Door has not closed its doors in over 40 years. That is right. That's a fact. However. That's something to be proud exactly, of Exactly. Right exactly. <laughs> However, in the event of a national pandemic, we do not fall under the blanket of essential business. But just because the doors are locked does not mean we are not still available. If you need something from us and you know exactly what it is, you can give us a call. So true. And we will do uh, what restaurants and are doing and bring it out to your car. But apparently. Oh, man, that is strange. Apparently, that <laughs> wasn't good enough for the police in West Peoria, Illinois, and they forced the Green Door video to stop doing their curbside service. Oh. Can you believe they must it? must have had a lot of people there. They can, made them stop doing it. Can you believe it, Dave? I got one major comment, though, for the Green Door. Like... How are they still open after the in invention of the internet? Hmm. Yeah, man. Who still goes to a store to buy pornography? I mean, is this store open for people who... Could you imagine, like, an old grandpa driving like, because he doesn't know how is, to use the well, internet? Well, I mean, is it open for that grandpa that still goes to, like, the teller to cash checks at a bank and still uses yep, payphones? Like like, hey, is there That's a it, man. payphone around here? I need to call my local pornography store. What? <laughs> Who is this for? I mean, I mean, kudos to them that they've been open for 40 years, but how are they still a business? Yes! That's my question. All right. Oh, boy. Dave, our next story is from BBC. As we've been talking about, a lot of things shut down. Thomas Edison's house, porn stores, um... Well, in Australia, they decided that uh, they weren't necessarily going to shut down hairdressers, but but they were going to keep their appointments below 30 minutes. Word. Mm. Yeah. So you had to get your hair styled okay. in less than 30 minutes. But then, right. apparently, a bunch of folks in Australia, they mm, couldn't have that short of a haircut. Apparently, their haircuts take way longer than that. So true. So they complained to the government, and the government reversed the rule and said, okay, 30 minutes are fine as long as you keep the people in your store to a minimum below 10 people. Salon, hmm. barbershop can stay open. Um, so my first question on this one, Dave, is what did Australians think the reduction to 30 minutes was going to do? Hmm. Like, it doesn't... You can barely get it, like, like my haircut takes 30 minutes, and, like... Well, but, but like... I'm, I'm, like, in and out, you know what I mean? There's, like, a lot of people that 
do way more than me, so you're getting like half your hair cut. Well, but my question and, is, is they don't think that the virus can be caught in 30 minutes? You can catch it yes! in a few seconds, Dave. It doesn't take oh, yeah. 30 minutes. Like the person that's sitting there for 20 versus 60 is f either way. It doesn't really matter the 30 minutes. Oh, you know what? It takes 45 minutes. This is a really slow virus. It really takes some time to travel over to your body. It's sort of the snell of viruses, as we call. Like, what? No, Dave. Yeah. 30 minutes isn't going to do something. Second. I feel you. Good point. Good point. Second. Why do barber shops need to be open? I mean, maybe it's my biased opinion because I don't get a haircut every three years. So true. But I gotta be honest. <laughs> now, I haven't had a haircut in a year. I'm completely fine. This 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 yeah. quarantine could go for another year and a half, and I wouldn't really complain as far as haircuts go. Nope. Doesn't really bother me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just saying, guys, pick up the Ben Gordon. I need Gordon. my sides cleaned up. Pick but... up the Ben Gordon plan. Just let it grow for years. That's all I'm saying. I actually have a haircut tomorrow. I need to text my hairdresser. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You better not See be... if she's still even open. You better watch out, Dave. Open. Watch out. Our last story, Dave, comes from the New York Times. Uh, now, Dave, since the virus has busted out into the public scene, been, you know, f mm -hmm. four months or so, about, you know, uh, yep. scientists have been trying to find out where this things came from, you know? That was one of the big things. Like, how did this yeah. get out there? So scientists have been zeroing in on one animal that has the most likely source of COVID-19. You know what that, that animal is? Not bats, Dave. The pangolin. Oh, really? I heard it was... The pangolin. The penguin. No, no, not penguin. Pangolin. P-A-N-G-O-L-I-N. Now I know I know you've seen the pangolin, Dave. It's very it's very foreign to us Americans because they're not uh, native to America. But look at that thing. Yeah, it's an it's also known. It literally is also known it's as a, like an anteater. It's known as an armored anteater, Dave. An armored mm -hmm. anteater, and that's literally what it looks Pretty like. Freaking cool looking. It eats ants. It eats uh, termites. And it looks like an anteater that's been given some medieval armor, so true. basically. Uh, so these yeah, guys are, are nocturnal, and they're actually mm -hmm. mammals, Dave. They're one of the few mammals that have armor like that, but it's out of the same protein that our fingernails are made out of, keratin. So true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so pretty strange. But uh, there's eight species of penguin across... Africa and Asia. So, mm -hmm. apparently, uh, when you don't have things to eat, like chickens, uh, you, you might have to resort to eating pangolins. Ew! And mm. it's a pretty popular thing to eat on the black market all the way across Asia and Africa, Dave. It's one of the most heavily eaten things on the black market. Literally, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds of pangolin is eaten a year. Jeez. Weird. Yeah. I don't see that and get hungry. I don't know about you, Dave, but it doesn't happen. Not at all. On top of that, in traditional folk medicine in India and China, both find their scales to be medicinal. Hmm. And this, 
This is really what got me, Dave. Chinese medicine, what they use pangolin to get rid of. Now, the source of what these things that it gets rid of is an article from 1938. So, odds are a lot of this has probably changed, but it still tickled me. It was still funny. So, uh, the first thing that uh, ancient Chinese traditional medicine uses the pangolin scales to get rid of, pretty normal stuff. Excessive anxiety, right? That sounds mm-hmm. sounds fairly normal. Hyster- hysterical crying in children, that's pretty, pretty normal. Um, malarial fever, that's pretty normal. But then, mm-hmm. the last two, it's where they really take it up a notch. It also treats any woman... Sought to be possessed by devils or ogres. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Devils or ogres. Yeah. I didn't even know ogres can possess women. Like devils, that's old hat. Okay, we got that. But ogres? Word. Like, I thought they just ate people. I didn't know they could take yeah, over a person. <laughs> like, that's crazy. You take a little penguin, you don't have to worry about those ogres anymore. Nice. That's true. Nice. I got to say, though, you know, seeing people eating pangolin, I can see why people panicked and bought chickens. No way in hell I'm eating a pangolin. So true. I mean, things are gross looking. I mean, they're cool looking, but they're not looking tasty. And I mean, they... That's something I want to eat. They eat ants, Dave. Ew. Ants can't taste good. That's a fact. Nothing, nothing eats ants except for pangolins and anteaters. I mean, when I was a kid, I had a pet toad. And I fed that dude all kinds of bugs. Like, I fed him, like, moss, you know? Even Granddaddy Longlegs, he'd eat those things. Ew. But you put an ant near his face, and he'd scrunch up his face and be like, Dude, what the hell are you putting that in my face for? Nope. No. No, I'm not eating that thing, right? So, like, I mean, yeah. obviously, if a toad's not going to eat it, he got to taste gross if they're all full of ants. Ew. Yes! Ew. No, thank you. Just saying. That's where they think it came from, Dave. Pangolins. There you go. There you go. Weird. A little bit of news for you, Dave. All right. Well, I thought I heard it was bats in bat soup. Nope. So Incorrect. Bats is a fable. They are much more on pangolins now. In fact, they have found two cousins of the virus that are very, very similar to the virus that is causing all the problems present currently in pangolins. So... There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right, Dave, we are going to take a break. We are going to listen to our guest today, none other than the fantastic Mr. Jared Dickinson. We will be right back after this. Take me back, Rosalie, take me back. I've been running away for too long And all the while I roamed I thought of none but one So leave the porch light on I'm coming home Coming home Take my word, Rosalie, take my word Don't you know that time can change someone? My rambling 
my days are done I'm laying down my guns So leave the porch light on I'm coming Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Hmm. Guys, do us a favor. Stop what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Download the podcast. Yep. Whatever app you use. In between. Download your other. In between Reese Witherspoon live feeds. Download us. Yeah, you can download us in the background. It's all good. Yeah. There's plenty of time to share both. Mm-hmm. But go and give us five stars. Mm-hmm. And then go check out our website, www.thedocgshow.com. Amen. Check out the stuff on there. Watch those videos. I know you're bored at home right now. Yeah. They're good. I put time into those videos. Take take a look. Take a look. I put They're time like an hour them. long. Yeah, well, dude, we got way more than that. We got hours on there of videos. Yes! We got hours. hours. Hours, uh, Dave. That's true. Uh, also, a little fact for the listeners: I, I don't. I actually haven't seen uh, Reese put on any live feed. Girl, come on! I don't know if she's done. I it or haven't not. either, so I don't even know what you're talking about. No, but I, a lot I of other people her. have. A lot of other people have. So yes! there you go. Just saying. I know. I know this for a fact, Dave. If she did a live feed, it would get far more listeners than our show. That's a fact. I can That's say that. That's true, but <laughs> so so. Thank you, Reese, for not doing it. Thank you. Also, Dave looked up during the musical break Brooks' birthday okay. too. There you go. Mm-hmm. 
his birthday too. So happy, happy birthday, birthday to both twins. To both twins. Yes. Sweet. The the all star and sadly not the all star. We love you both. Yes. You both are all stars in our in our eyes. Yes. Anyways, oh. Dave, it's time. To get some shout-outs out there on the table. Shout-outs? The shout-outs hey, need to be go. heard. First off, of course, regulars, Jacksonville, the whole Duval County. Shout-out to everybody. Shout out. All the Jags safe, out there. Shout-out to Columbia, South Carolina. Home of the Cox. Cock-a-doodle-doo. You hear it on... Oh, nice. You hear it on, on campus, too, Dave. On the hour, they they People do a go cockadoodle do. No, they they do a they do a cock uh, uh, an actual crow over over the loudspeaker all across campus. Word. It's oh wow. It's not. I, I got to be honest. It's a little a little annoying. I love I love I love USC, <laughs> but I mean I could do you without it. Cocks, you know, I yeah. mean after a couple of them, I get it. And it's not like a real one. It's not like they hold up a you know a cock to a <laughs> microphone a and they're like go for it. You know. <laughs> Now they that would be awesome. They do have a live. They do have a live rooster, Sir Spur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir Spur. He's a he's a proud cock, Dave. That's right. He is one big oh, yeah. old cock. Now he's not the smartest. You put a mirror in front of him, and he will peck the mirror because he thinks there's another rooster in front of him. But oh boy, he's still pretty impressive, you know. Now he loses. <laughs> yeah. He loses the impressiveness like when we play LSU and they pull out Mikey the Tiger oh, and, the and tiger. you're like, oh, yeah. hmm. I feel like I feel like I feel like a rooster wouldn't wouldn't last long in a in a in a in a fight against that guy. Nope. Uh, unless not. he could fly up into a tree. Word. Ah, cats can climb though. Mm. That's a fact. Oh, that'd be bad. Any, anyway, I got I got derailed. <laughs> Shout out to South Carolina. Shout out. Shout out to Radford, Virginia, home of the Highlanders. Keeping it safe up there in the Highlands. Uh, Gainesville. Shout out to Gainesville. Shout out. Shout out to our new California connection. Well, new for regulars. Mountain View, California. Shout out. Shout out to Genoa, Italy, of course. Keeping it locked down. You know, the whole, st the whole country's locked down, but they don't stop. They've been listening all through the coronavirus. Oh, no. Shout out to them. Shout out. Shout out to Charlotte, North Carolina, Queen City. Shout out. Shout out to Kenner, Louisiana. Shout, Shout out. out to Barcelona. They got it bad in Spain. They've had a bad outbreak, but they're still listening. Shout out. Shout out to Barcelona for keeping it there on the Doc G Show. Shout out to Hornsey, England. That is arguably right beside, I don't know the inner workings of London, but it's arguably right beside Islington. It's like the same thing almost. What? I don't know. If that's wrong, Hornsey, don't, don't, don't come at me. I'm sorry. It seems like <laughs> on a map, it's very... It's close enough. Very close, <laughs> you know? Hamburg, Germany. Yeah. Shout out to those folks. Shout out. shout out to Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, shout out to Maputo, Mozambique. And lastly, Dublin, Ireland. Shout out. Shout Thank out. you, guys. All the regulars. Semi-regulars, Dave. We'll go through those pretty quick. Los Angeles, California. Shout out. Home, shout of, out. home of Ronnie. Uh, winner, of course, on the uh, show last uh, oh, yeah. week before last. Uh, Sumter, California. Shout out. Shout little out. outskirt there. Like Sumter. Great hot dogs in Sumter. Uh, also, home, also home of Claude. Shout out. Well, a back in the day home. Uh, shout out yeah. to Orlando, Florida. Shout out. shout out to Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. 
Shout out to the Star City, Roanoke, Virginia. Shout out to the current home of Claude, Tampa, Florida. Shout out to San Jose, California. All right, Dave. Nice. Time for the newcomers. There we go. First newcomer, place that I'm sort of sort of jealous of. Pretty sweet spot. Oceanside, California. Yeah. Really sweet spot, Dave. Uh, uh, Just north. How could it be bad? Just north of La Jolla. uh, Just south of the Marine Base, uh, Pendleton. Uh, So you're you're right there in between. So, like, you don't have a lot of, you know, activity going on in the north of you, you know? You don't got, like, a bunch of Mm -hmm. nonsense going on because you got a Marine Base, so... It's pretty locked down there, you know? And then below you, you got probably one of my favorite beaches in the world. La Jolla is awesome. Like, it's... It's. I didn't see. I didn't go there when I went to. California. Oh my gosh, La Jolla is so nice, dude. It's yeah. the one beach that can make me jealous in Florida. It's the one beach that I'm like, oh, ooh, man. that's nice. You know, that's nice. Now, mm-hmm. to be honest, I don't travel to our Gulf side a lot. So, I mean, if I go over to the Gulf side, I can get some sweet sunsets like they got in California. You know. That's right. that's the right. one thing that La Jolla has got that I'm just like, oh man, you can just sit on the beach, watch that sun go down over the water. Oh, mm. oh, mm. that's right. S- mm. Sunset boner, Dave. Sunset. Uh. Anyways, our second one. Are you ready for our second one here? It's pretty. Uh, yes, sir. Boardman, Oregon. Boardman, Oregon. Boardman. Okay. Yeah, and it's right nice. there on the border, Dave. Boardman, Oregon's right there on the border between Oregon and Washington on the Columbia River. I don't know if that's why it was called that. I should have looked it up, but that's why it's called that. Anyways. That's okay. Dave Yelp tells me I need to go to uh, Macario's. Macario's, a Mexican place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I'm headed to Boardman. That was their highest ranked restaurant. Now, granted, Boardman doesn't have many people, so there weren't many options to go with. Nope. But Boardman's was told was was told to me by Yelp. That's where I need to head. That's where I need to head. Okay, last on our uh, newcomers, Dave. Nampa, Idaho. Shout out. Nampa. Nampa, Idaho. Yeah. Okay. Just west of Boise, okay. Dave, and apparently it's known and people in the know in Idaho as the Boise Nampa mm-hmm. metropolitan area. Yeah. Yeah, it's right beside it. Uh, Nampa in Shoshone Indian is known as footprint. That's the word for footprint. That's a fact. So nice. It's footprint. That's that's where you're going. If I'm headed to footprint, Dave, I've been told I need to hit up Brick Twenty Nine Bistro. That's right. Their slogan sounds fancy. The, well, their slogan is comfort food elevated. Sweet. Yeah. Now that we can get down with. Yeah, that's right. Get yourself some comfort food, and you elevate the crap out of yourself. That is what mm. they say at Brick 29 Bistro. Do it. What? <laughs> Do it. What? All right, Nampa. Thank you. All all listeners, Nampa, Boardman, Oceanside, everybody. Thanks for the lessons. We couldn't do it without you yeah, guys. Shout out to you guys. Yes, yes. Make your way up the list. Keep listening. Yes, indeed. Okay. Dave, it's time. Second birthday suit. Are you ready? Of course. Okay. Second birthday suit born on. This is the one that you're not going to get, by the way. 
I don't think. Okay. Blow me away, Dave. Get it right. Blow me away. Getting the mind ready. Okay. Born on April 1st in uh, 1973 in Castro Valley, California. Her father was a captain in the United States Air Force, and her mother was a school program director. She ended up being a very studious child. She ended up going to Stanford and earning a degree in public policy. Jeez. She was an outstanding oh, student not there. get this person. <laughs> and she earned the uh, John Gardner Fellowship while she was there. She followed that up by being honored with a Rhodes Scholarship where she studied at Oxford. Say what? And she was also actually offered the Marshall Scholarship, which is, that is sort of pretty much the exact same thing. You study in England okay. just like you do with the Rhodes Scholarship, but she had to turn mm -hmm. it down because she was also offered the Rhodes Scholarship. So she took the Rhodes Scholarship instead. She also was the first open lesbian to win the Rhodes Scholarship. She earned a PhD in politics from Oxford in 2001. In addition, she has an honorary law degree from Smith College in Massachusetts. After graduating, she started working in radio. She had several jobs in radio before she eventually found her way to TV. And by 2008, she had her own show airing at 9 p.m. on MSNBC. She has won multiple Emmys for her show, and she has written two books during this time as well. Name that birthday, Sue, where? Hmm. Dude, I have no idea. I didn't think you would. I mean, it's okay. Like, Ellen's in my head, but I know it's not <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> that's, she is a lesbian, yes. But she that's does the not, only famous lesbian I know that's on TV. She does not have... That's, nope. that's bad, Dave. We need to increase your knowledge of famous lesbians. We will do it. <laughs> we will do it. Here's, a, here's another one to put on your list, Dave. Rachel Maddow. Yes. Or Maddow, actually. Rachel Maddow. Yes. Yes. Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow. Yes. She is turning the big four seven, first of all. And I will say two things about Rachel Maddow. Now, she has gotten some, uh, you know, she gets some, she gets some criticism from the right because she does lean, obviously, left in her politics. That's a fact. But I will two, say two things about Rachel Maddow that you can't say really about any other political commentators on TV. I have TV. never seen her before. Well, get to know her, Dave. She's brilliant. That's the first thing. Okay. She is brilliant. And you cannot say okay. that about a lot of other political commentators. Nope. You can't argue with that. Go ahead and argue with that because she got a PhD from Oxford. So true. Tell me another. Yeah. Tell me another Pretty political. Hard to argue that. <laughs> tell me another political commentator that first uh, was on the honor roll at Stanford and then became a Rhodes Scholar. Come on. Jeez. Come on. And she doesn't even make yeah, people man. call her a doctor. Nope. Come on. That's impressive. Look at her. That's impressive. You even make me call you doctor. I don't make you. Nope. You do. <laughs> no. I don't make I do you. It anyways. Nope. Um, but <laughs> anyways, she got her degree. She's she's brilliant. The second thing is she's always civil and fair when discussing politics. If you watch her show, Dave, she does. She's not one of those people that yells over her guest and gets all angry and stuff. No. So true. And it doesn't matter what their ideological spectrum is. Yes, exactly. She doesn't yell. She's respectful. She goes over and they 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 talk facts and they talk political opinion. 
Very impressive. Very impressive. Somebody to aspire to, Dave. Rachel Maddow. There you go. So there true. you go. All right, Dave. I've, I've learned something today. Yep. Oh, I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna. I'm gonna teach a bunch of famous lesbians to you, Dave. You're gonna learn famous lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you, <laughs> wait. I, you. You know another. You know another. Um. Uh. Uh. Um, on TV. Now her name's uh, eluding me right now. Uh, well, we'll do it on this segment. I'll, I'll, I'll come back with it. Don't worry. We'll come back yeah. from break with it. Uh, but right okay. after break, we're coming back with none other than Jared Dickinson. Yes! He will be on the show. Here we go. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the oh. show, everybody. Today, we are joined by musician, all-around troubadour, Mr. Jared Dickinson. Jared, how's it going, man? It's going well. Going well. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, first off, I need to say happy uh, belated birthday. It was just, uh, just the other <laughs> day, right? Yeah, it was It was just yesterday. Nice. Uh, birthday in quarantine. Very <laughs> The best way to celebrate, for sure. Oh. That's right. Yeah, every every kid's dream, right? <laughs> but I, I hope I hope it went well, man. I hope it went well. Um, it was great. Yeah, thank you. We uh, we ended up doing a little live stream birthday bash concert, so it was uh, it was it was as good as as could uh, could happen anyway under the circumstances. Nice. You had some uh, had some uh, internet friends. At least you had some internet that's friends right. over. Very nice. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let's take the folks back uh, in the wayback machine. There, you uh, you were born, grew up in w- uh, Waco, Texas. Um, now that's correct. Now, yeah. Now, growing up, uh, I always thought of Waco for like a bad reason. I always thought of the the David Koresh <laughs> deal. Jeez. But now I think sure. I think most people, uh, myself included, actually think of Chip and Joanna Gaines. Sweet. Like. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I think I think Fixer Upper sort of took over the Waco. I, you know, the whole idea. I gotta, I gotta ask. Uh, your parents still live in Waco? They do. Yeah, yeah. The whole family's still there. Now, do they do they see sightseers that come through that just want to like find Fixer Upper houses? Have they seen that? Oh. The- Absolutely, yeah. My both of my parents actually have been in in real estate for uh, twenty years or oh, more. Oh wow! Um, so so for them, they've sort of had a, an up close look at at how Waco has changed, uh, given the the fixer upper yeah. uh, machine. You know, went from being the uh, the stopover town where you pull over and get gas if you're going from from Dallas to Austin. Uh, to being a, a destination, which is kind of a, a weird thing for <laughs> anyone who grew up there to to hear people say, "Oh, you know, we're, we're going to Waco on our vacation." What you hmm. know? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? 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 To what see, bet did you lose? To you know? see Joey and Chip, of course. Come on, yes. exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's right. I, yeah, I had I had to ask, but uh, back back to music. You uh, interesting. You got you got into music pretty late. Uh, you know, from all accounts, I can tell around 18 or so. And I've heard you mention yeah. how your dad's music collection really got you into music and, and rock and roll. But I noticed a, a picture uh, that you posted a while back on your Instagram of your granddad actually playing piano. Mm. And I know you were real close with your granddad. Did did he ever introduce you to music or did he play a role in that in a, a you know younger life? Yeah, yeah. Well, it def- definitely played a role. Um, you know, growing up in in my family, no one was really um, playing any instruments when I was a kid, or at least not not um, not on any kind of regular basis. You know, both of my parents played piano as kids, but they had given that up long before I came along. And, mm-hmm. and my dad played drums in high school and college. Nice. Uh, but again, you know, I, I saw no evidence of that as a kid. <laughs> um, but my my grandfather did uh, have a an old Hammond organ actually that he had oh. he had bought from uh, 
from Baylor University. They were selling it uh, at some point in, in like the 60s. Yeah. Um, and it was an old Model A Hammond from 1935 or six, I think, one of one of the very yeah. earliest ones. And um, so, yeah, as a kid, he, he would fire that up and he would, uh, you know, play church hymns or or, you know, pop songs from from his youth. Mm, nice. Um, so, so that was definitely, a, um, you know, looking back on it now, you, you can say that that was definitely something that that influenced me was. Uh, watching him play and, yeah. and particularly something like a like a Hammond organ, you know, yeah. nothing sounds like it. So um, it, it was like this this magical machine that he would turn on, and, and all of a sudden, this just humongous sound came out of it. Yeah. Um, so so that that was that was pretty cool in, in my younger years, and then once I got into playing guitar and and uh, and playing music, um, I think one of the, one of the ways that he tried to sort of connect uh was he bought me a um uh, a les paul and mary ford cd because you know that was something from his from his day yeah um but obviously any anyone in the guitar um is just gonna be knocked out by by that stuff you know um so yeah he he definitely definitely played a role you know music wasn't something that uh that he or anyone else in the family really pursued as a as a career, it was just one of those things that, particularly in those generations, um, everyone did it just as a as a hobby, really. You know, yeah. um, which I wish wish was the case these days. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was fortunate to to have some of that growing up. Nice. Well, so you mentioned you know later in life you you start playing guitar. What was that switch around eighteen that made you say? Mm. I want to. I want to play guitar. Can you remember a, a specific incident, or was it just sort of like you kept being around it and just started playing more and more? Hmm. Yeah, you know, it was, it was a pretty organic thing. Um, growing up in Texas, uh, like any good Texan, I was I was always playing sports as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I was mm-hmm. always outside, and um, so that that was kind of my my youth was was being outdoors and and running around and, and playing various sports and yeah. for whatever reason um around the time i turned 18 i think i think a couple other friends had started playing guitar and mm-hmm. um you know music was always a, a huge part of my life yeah uh, you know like you had mentioned my dad's record collection was was something that always kept me company you know the, the beatles and the stones and simon and garfunkel and tom petty and all this stuff was what i grew up on so mm-hmm. i was always really into music um, and then I think when a couple of friends of mine started picking up guitar, it was sort of like, well, if you could do it, I could do it, you know, <laughs> um, and, and, and no, no career aspirations or anything like that. It was just, oh, this, this will be fun. I'll, I'll see if I can actually play any of these songs that I like. And, yeah. um, man, it quickly just took over everything, you know, it's <laughs> almost an immediate thing. As soon as I started playing it, um, kind of didn't care about sports or any of the things that that i uh, that were my whole life up until that point you know it, yeah. this this thing just took all of my focus and all of my attention and um did a 180 did. <laughs> towards guitar yeah. yeah yeah that's it um it was, so you made your first album uh not too long actually after you know it, it didn't take too mm. long before you jumped into the into the album yeah. making oh. and you made ashes on the ground uh, around uh 2010 yep. And you decided mm-hmm. to go on the road, uh, take a West Coast tour 
which, you know, a little unprecedented because you didn't really have a following on the West Coast. You just decided, yeah. I'm going to go take some gigs. And you did 26 gigs in 31 days. Jeez. Um, and you said, you know, afterwards, not financially successful at all. But it seemed like it, <laughs> no. it left a huge impression on you. What, what did you take from that? Once you did those uh, those gigs, what did you say after that that was so, you know, sort of impressionable of that, that event? Yeah. Well, first of all, you were very kind to say uh, that I didn't have a huge following over there because <laughs> the truth was not, not a single person uh, on the West Coast had ever heard my name. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what, what got it in my head that uh, if, if you book gigs, you know, they will if you come. book it, they will come. Yeah. That is, yeah. That's not how it works in the music <laughs> business. Um, but, uh, but I didn't realize that, and I'm glad I didn't realize that. You know, I, I, I booked all of these shows and unsurprisingly, most of them were, were being played to the sound guy and the bartender and the door person. And that was it. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that that tour absolutely made an impression because driving myself, you know, over 3000 miles on my own uh, around places that I'd never been. Um, it it. it told me one this isn't how you book a tour <laughs> uh but two um that i love being on the road you know i love traveling i love seeing new places i love you know the, the few gigs where there were actually people there um were incredible yeah um and and it just it uh it's a bug that gets inside of you you know being being on the road uh it's it's sort of that that old uh dream you know of, of being free and and traveling around and uh, you know no one's your boss and you can do whatever you need to do and yes! um, I don't know that that discovery and that adventure uh, very quickly told me that this is this is it this is what I need to be doing and and I've got to figure out how to do it the right way <laughs> yeah yeah well not that long after that you you moved to Nashville the first time before you moved to Brooklyn um, and like mm -hmm. uh, like we're saying you 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 currently live in Nashville uh but that was like that was a good like six years apart between the two times that you lived in nashville and i gotta yeah I yeah gotta, i gotta ask uh did you see a big change in the city between those two times because i feel like you would it's it's been an enormous change yeah i think it was uh 2010 is when i moved here the first time and was here for i think 13 months on that on that stretch mm -hmm. um and and at that point uh, you know, a few people were starting to move to town, but like the east side was still was still a pretty sketchy area. Yeah. Um, you know, and and uh really cheap rundown houses that a few friends lived in and um if you drive around there now it's just unaffordable yeah. for, for the average guy, you know, and, yeah. and all of these little McMansions are lining the streets and um yeah, it's it's a pretty different place. Uh, some great things, you know, you you, you have seen um, rather than it kind of be the the good old boys club that it once was. You've seen a lot of people move from different parts of the world, and and uh, and I think the mindset is changing a little bit. And and it's not all uh, mainstream country music that drives everything anymore. You know, that's still a, a pretty massive part of it. But there's also um, you know rock and roll and and all of these other underground things happening here and, and, and a great um, songwriter community that's that's not necessarily looking to write 
um, you know, country hits. For sure. Uh, So it's, it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a different place now. Um, now you also have people that will wait in line for, you know, two hours to get hot chicken, which is bizarre. (laughs) Um, what? But, uh, well, that, that leads me into the next question, actually. Uh, we've had several, we've had several guests on the show from Nashville, lots of different, those artists you're Mm -hmm. talking about, the good ones, the good ones that maybe aren't recognized enough, the the Katie Coles, the Ida Mays, the Doug Seegers, the, uh, a lot of good folks there in Nashville. And I always love to ask pretty much all my guest what would be the place i need to eat if i'm coming to your town Hmm. so if i'm coming to your town and i say i've got one night where should i eat any type of uh, of uh, of food doesn't matter the the type of food what would be your go-to spot oh man well um there's kind of two parts to that to that answer the the most honest one is um we're musicians, so we eat at home almost all the time. <laughs> yeah, save money. Um, I get, I do get that answer a pretty good amount of times. Hey, I, we don't want to waste money. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the the other side to that would be, um, I mean, Nashville. For for me, coming from Texas, I I, I sort of uh, I'm a total snob when it comes to barbecue. Um, at least brisket for sure. But, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> and 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 it's my own fault because. It, I, I, I want brisket if I go to a barbecue place and outside of Texas that's just not what people do <laughs> yeah best yeah. And, and barbecue you know I should be going for pork based things but yeah. I, I can't bring myself to do it so I, <laughs> I tend to not go to the barbecue joints here even though there are some very good ones yeah um, but any any kind of southern home cooking place nice um, is, is what does it for me so Sweet. you know you've got the Loveless Cafe which has been around a long time and it is a bit touristy but it's it's uh, it's definitely a landmark and um, and you go there and you'll get a, a plate you know the the size of a semi truck uh, <laughs> yeah. with with just about anything you can imagine. Um, there's Arnold's, which is really great, uh, nice. right over by uh, Carter Vintage. Nice, which is a dangerous place for anyone to go if they <laughs> like guitars. Um, so yeah, in, in, in any of those kind of places would would probably be my recommendation. Well, speaking on those recommendations, I saw while you were traveling. Uh, actually, it's just about a month ago you were in Macon before you had to sort of shut things down because of uh, coronavirus That's concerns. Right. And I saw you were at H and H restaurant, which is uh, absolutely famed eating locale of the uh, Almond Brothers. There, meat and three type That's of right. spot. How was it? It it was amazing. Uh, I mean, obviously we couldn't couldn't pass up going there if yeah. we were in Macon. Yeah, um, and. Uh, we, we we all looked at the menu. Uh, there were it was myself and my wife and uh, a guy called the Bones of J.R. Jones who we were touring with. Yeah. And so the three of us went went to this place and um, my my wife and John both both got pretty uh, pretty standard sort of things. But I had looked at the menu before and and wanted to order kind of the most uh, outrageous thing I could find. <laughs> and there was a thing called the Red Dog. Sweet. Uh, okay. uh, obviously named after after Red Dog. Yeah. And uh, I want to say it was like fried chicken and biscuits with gravy and collard greens and uh, some sort of red sauce that was on it. I mean, it sounded uh, I don't know, pretty that, out there as far as a pretty great, breakfast though. menu item. <laughs> 
it was unbelievable. Nice. <laughs> I, uh, I would happily eat it every day um, and probably, you know, die within two years. But about to say, uh, what yeah. a way to go. <laughs> it, would, it would be enjoyable as food goes. You might have a couple repercussions uh, as far as health. But aside from that. I would I would say it's a certainty, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, sorry. I get sidetracked sometimes on food. Yes! Um, That's all right. You, you recorded Lonesome Traveler in 2012, which, uh, you know, great album. We have it up here on the wall. Very excited to have it on the wall Thank here you. in the studio. Um, now, I, after you recorded that, you did a, a tour in Europe. Was that the first tour you did mm -hmm. in Europe after that, that album? Hmm. Um... Yeah, well, sort of. Uh, so I, I had been, I'd been over once before um, mm -hmm. uh, to do a songwriter festival in Belfast, in Northern Ireland. Now that's um, where you met your wife, and, right? Uh, it is, yeah. So yes. I, I, I did this festival in in 2011, mm -hmm. um, and then got invited back to to play it again the next year, which is the year that I ended up meeting my wife. Nice. Um, uh, and she's she's from Belfast, and. Yeah. Um, so that, that festival was sort of my first experience, but, uh, 2013, uh, I, I went over there to open up for a guy called David Ford, who's a brilliant, um, English singer songwriter. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that tour is the one that, uh, that really kind of opened the door for, for touring the UK and, um, and everything else has sort of come, come out of that. Yeah. Uh, but that was, that was sort of the foundation of, of my fan base over there. Nice. Nice. Well, I, I'll get back to that fan base here in just a second, but first, uh, your, your wife, uh, that you met at the, uh, the songwriters festival, how long did you know yeah. her before you realized she could sing? Yeah, we, um, we, we dated, well, so we, we met, um, at this festival and, and hung out, you know, yeah. till the wee hours for, for a couple of days straight. Yeah. Um, and then I had to, had to move on and, um, but we were pretty much dating you know, from that moment forward. We were, we were, uh, in a long distance relationship yeah. and, uh, that, that lasted three and a half years. And, um, but we, you know, when you're in that kind of a, a situation, it it takes longer than normal to yeah. to find everything out about about the other person. So mm -hmm. it was about a year um, that that we had been together before I realized that that she could sing. She was over um, on a trip one time, and I was playing guitar in in my Brooklyn apartment, mm -hmm. and she just started singing a harmony to to what I was singing and stopped me dead in my track and said whoa where you been hiding that all this time you know she's like oh you know just a little something don't worry about it what? no big deal yeah exactly and how long did it take you from that point to get her convince her to sing with you it uh it took a little convincing she was a little hesitant at first um but i you know as as we were able um i would i would maybe bring her up for a song or two during live sets and yeah. uh and finally finally coaxed her into just being up there the whole night and um yeah for the last god i don't know five years or six years we've we've been doing it uh you know as a duo yeah for uh for for pretty much every tour we've done nice nice now uh, back, yeah. back that sort of uh, uh audience in europe you know you take a look at your Spotify page and the top five places mm. where people listen to you are all in Europe. Um, yeah. 
Do you do you have any idea the, uh, why the, there there's that popularity discrepancy between the U.S. and 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 Europe? Yeah, it, it's just down to just down to opportunities we've gotten and and touring. I mean, we've been relentlessly touring uh, the U.K. and then and then mainland Europe. Yeah. Um, since since that first tour with with David Ford in 2013, I've I've been going back two, three, sometimes four times a year. Yeah. Um, taking every single opportunity we could get and and booking my own tours and uh, and we've gotten some great support uh, slots over there. We've opened up for Bonnie Raitt in the UK and in Denmark. Yeah. Um, done done UK and Europe with uh, with Don McLean and. Um, did a tour with the Water Boys in the UK, mm-hmm. so we've had some really, some really great opportunities that got me in front of a lot of people, and and it was really um, a pretty organic and, and grassroots way of, of building an audience of just playing in front of as many people as you can, and then you know you see your own crowd uh, grow from there. Nice. Um, it, it hasn't been a hasn't really been a big industry um, push. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's all been fairly, <laughs> a fairly organic process, um, which is great. And uh, and yeah, as far as why that hasn't happened in the states, um, I don't know. You know, we we we've certainly been. You're getting um, to it next. Trying that's next on. Yeah, <laughs> we're 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 getting to it now. You know, it's 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 just down to down to what comes your way, and and you you take the opportunities you get when they're presented to you, and and so we're. We're happy to be on the road as much as we can, um, nice. anywhere we can, really. Yeah. You know? Well, one of those more recent European tours, you uh, you you toured with Ethan Johns. Um, yeah. Now on this show, uh, listeners may remember I, I've described him as a, a secret agent Sasquatch before because uh, what when he was <laughs> when he was recruiting Ida May to produce their albums, that was the image mm-hmm. I got of him trying to recruit them because he was this guy off in the middle of nowhere uh, in England in this little, like, hobbit hole that invited them out yeah. in this really conspicuous way. So I was wondering, what, what did you think of Ethan, his band, and, and touring with him, getting that time with him? Yeah, well, well, that was that was pretty, um, pretty amazing for me because kind of from the start of my musical journey, mm-hmm. um, you know, pretty, pretty soon after I started playing guitar and, and getting into music just about every record that i bought that was a new album uh and and really got into was one that he produced yeah um and so i i had been a, a really big fan of of what he's done in the studio for for a very long time not just as a producer but as a musician yeah you know um i remember buying Rayla montaigne's uh trouble mm-hmm. record and and first thinking like man who's this drummer this drummer has the best feel and then it's, flip it's through the him, liner yeah. notes and it was oh ethan johns and yeah. oh it's produced by ethan johns <laughs> and oh he played bass and he played guitar and he played hammond and my god he's played everything yeah you know? yes! um so so getting to getting to meet him uh and and hang out with him and pick his brain a bit was um was sort of like a uh, an, an early musical career dream come true nice. um and and we have stayed in touch uh a bit and um you know getting to getting to hear him play his own songs is is a real treat because he's actually a really talented songwriter which you know a lot of people don't know yeah um but uh 
man, his musical mind is just, uh, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole other level. <laughs> He's got a, a lot of things going on up there for sure. For sure. He, he definitely does. Um, so let's, let's talk about the, the new album, Ready, Ready the Horses. Uh, this album mm-hmm. has been made for some time. Uh, you recorded it, what, mm-hmm. f- four years ago? Hmm. Yeah, well, we we recorded it December of 2015. Oh, believe wow. it or not. No, no, okay. Yeah, almost five years, going on five. Almost. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so you recorded it at Echoes uh, Echo Zoo Studios in England. Uh, how how did you mm-hmm. end up there recording this album? Yeah, um, it's through through well David Ford, who I opened yeah. up for uh, in 2013. We've we've remained really good friends and. Um, and we've been on the road together, I don't know how many times, and he's from Eastbourne, mm-hmm. uh, which is where Echo Zoo Studios is. And, uh, it's a buddy of his that, that owns the place. So we, um, you know, sort of got a, a, a mate's rate, if you will, nice. to, to go in there. And, um, I, I think words getting out now, but it, it, it was sort of a hidden gem of the studio. Uh, when, when we were in there, yeah. you know, it's kind of in the middle of, you know, it's not not in the heart of London or anything. It's on this little kind of sleepy seaside town, and uh, you know, fairly unassuming from the outside. And you walk in, and it's just a just a treasure trove of of vintage analog recording gear. Um, I mean, just an, an unseemly amount of, uh, of of incredible gear. And Dave Lynch, the guy who who owns it and runs it, um, is an amazing engineer and, and wonderful guy. And um, yeah, so we we went into the studio uh, the day after we finished a month long tour uh, supporting the Water Boys in the UK. We we went down to the studio and started making the record and um, cut it all live straight to two inch tape. Yeah, uh, mixed it down to quarter inch tape and man, it was it was about the most fun I've ever had in, well, in the recording studio for sure. Well, I was about to say that it either seems like it could be a, a really awesome experience or a really frustrating one depending on who you're working with. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's true. It, it depends who's who the cast of characters are. Nice, nice. Well, now this album was originally released back uh, September 29th, 2017 uh, by mm-hmm. DECA. Um but now it's slated for a release here May 22nd this year. Uh, what yep. w- what sort of went on there? What, what was the change as far as releasing it now May 22nd? Yeah, it's um, it's sort of the age-old story, really. We, we, we made the record um, just on our own, uh, you know, out of my own pocket and uh, and shopped it around for, for a little while after making it and, and uh, decided we were going to, do an independent release and then about the time that that we were going to release it deca said that they wanted to pick it up mm-hmm. um and and as you do you you said all right well <laughs> if a major wants to pick this thing up i guess we've got to give it a shot yeah um and uh it, it was it was the same same guy that signed us as who signed uh chris and steph of item a yeah which is how we've how we've kind of gotten to know each other nice um but uh as as often happens in these things, um, you know the <laughs> the label wasn't nearly as as interested in working the project as we had hoped that they would be. And, of course, yeah. Um, it it was it was supposed to be a a full on worldwide release with press and and all of that stuff, and and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and so we uh, you know it it sort of came out in the UK 
Yeah. Um, not not how we would have liked, but it, it it was released, and there was a little bit of a, a press campaign, but uh, but literally nothing anywhere else. And so we um, fought with them for a couple of years, <laughs> as you do, and uh, and got the rights back for for the rest of the world, and nice. uh, and so we're now now finally getting it out um, everywhere else. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's been a process, and and it's been pretty frustrating you know uh and it's happened to a lot of artists before um but we we didn't want to just give up on it and abandon it because it's it's a record that i uh, i'm I'm still very proud of and 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 think is still relevant you know well that's fantastic that you got the 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 rights back um and there's definitely a lot of uh, amazing songs on there uh, we're going to talk a little Thank bit you. about uh, Way Past Midnight here in just a little bit. Um, but the sound <laughs> on Ready the Horses is a little bit, well, not a little bit. It's it's different than Lonesome Traveler. Yes! Uh, Lonesome Traveler is much more you and much more singer-songwriter, where you've got a more mm-hmm. a bluesy sound on Ready the Horses. Uh, was that a conscious yeah. decision going into that, or is that just where your sort of songwriting took you and you were like, well, this is what we're going to record? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, yeah, Lonesome Traveler was definitely a, a very, you know, folksy, uh, storytelling kind of record, which which at that time was um, was pretty much what I was doing. I was traveling around around the country um, and, and the world, uh, just me and an acoustic guitar and you know being the folk singing troubadour yeah um and uh um but but i I definitely there's a there's a shift in in my songwriting for sure um when when ready the horses was being written yeah um i was living in brooklyn um i i had traveled a lot more i'd met a lot a lot of other people experienced different things and um, and then just other musical influences were, were coming into play. You know, like I said, I, I grew up listening to classic rock and blues and, you know, that was sort of my, my musical education. Yeah. Um, in addition to, uh, you know, folk singer songwriters like, like Paul Simon or Jim Croce or, or yeah. Bob Dylan. Um, you know, there was this other side to it that, that I hadn't really, um, let come out in my own music and, uh around that time i was i was really really into all of the old stacks and muscle shoals stuff and um you know so i think it was just a natural thing that my songwriting went that direction and um as those songs were being written it was pretty clear um what sort of arrangement uh would 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 fit the song and and kind of where it was going to sit sonically yeah um yeah we, we we you know i i wanted it to be a departure um the next record will will be um a, a little different still i think you can find the the storytelling thread throughout um all of it because that's still kind of the the yeah. base of of any of it for me but um yeah we we definitely wanted to do something different well the the last question that i have for you on the album is that uh way past midnight there uh was just released Mm -hmm. as a single uh was about a a month ago that you put it out there maybe a little less yeah and i've heard you Mm -hmm. say that's your your favorite song on the album which caught me a little bit off guard because i usually don't hear artists say (laughs) that you know usually they're like "Ah, i can't choose there's no way i'd say that one's better than the other but what what makes you say that's your favorite man that that song was just um it was one of those moments well well writing the song in general um 
was just a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it uh, you know, I, I, I grew up listening to, to that kind of music, to blues and to, to Ray Charles and um, all of this stuff. So when, when you start writing something, you say, ooh, this, this kind of feels like, you know, like this stuff yeah. that I've never really written that before, but I've always loved. Yeah. Um, it just gets you excited. And, and when we were in the studio and it all started to come together, um, you know, and it's this big gospel bluesy soul sing-along um it uh i mean everybody when we were in the studio we were just grinning ear to ear the whole time (laughs) because we just loved what what we were making you know it was just a very joyous thing um and and the way that that song came out um it it uh it just all came together in in a way that up to that point i hadn't really experienced in the studio you know you you sometimes get close to what you're wanting um, and things change and take a different direction, but uh, everything just just completely fell fell into place on that one. Everybody was on the same page, and um, yeah, it's just a it's it, it's it's a lot of fun to hear it and play it and sing it. And, um, you can't keep still, you know. Very nice, very nice. It is. It's a good song, and the animated uh, video is a very nice add on to it. <laughs> um, well, thanks. What uh, what are the plans? Hopefully, uh, once this pandemic subsides, what what are you you, you <laughs> hoping to do for the rest of twenty twenty? Well, we we'd love to get back out on the road. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's something that uh, not only is it necessary to to help pay the bills, yeah. but we we love it. You know, we'd we'd rather be on the road than not on the road. Yeah. Um. So we we hope the touring gates open up again. Yeah. Uh. And when they do, we'll we'll be ready to hit it hard. Nice. Um. Beyond that, um, since Ready the Horses was recorded uh, four and a half years ago, yeah. Uh, obviously, I've I've been writing a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm ready to to get back in the studio and make another one. So that's that's also um, on the agenda. Should nice. should we find the cash to do it, we're we're definitely planning to get in there and make another record. Nice, very nice. Well, Jared, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and talk with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Listeners, you can keep up with him at his website, jareddickinson.com, where you can follow him on Instagram, at Jared Dickinson. Right now, let's take a listen to the newest single off of Ready the Horses, Way Past Midnight, here on the Doc G Show. There's a sound coming up from the street Rhythm of shuffling feet In time with the streetcars And the buzzing of neon It's sounding like a song Way past midnight In the early morning Well, the clock on the wall says one This night is just Swaying, gonna dance until the dawn. Way past midnight in the early morning. Oh, way past midnight, hanging around like the moon. Oh, way past midnight, ain't going down soon. Oh, 
the doc g show smack yeah. radio yes indeed you just heard jared dickinson Say what? that was his most recent single right Sir. there uh real quick before i jump into jared dickinson megan rapineau that's who i meant dave megan rapineau okay on, okay on the you you saw her when you saw the picture you were like yeah i knew yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. there you go Another famous lesbian. Just bad with the names. Mark it down. When I see faces on TV. Yeah, that's true. It's, that's true. It's sort of like the music guest. You just don't. You're like, oh yeah, I've seen that person. I don't remember their name. That or like people in movies. Yeah. I'm so bad with mo- actor names. If only it were like sports for you, Dave. If only it was all like sports for yeah, you. They just need to say their name enough times. <laughs> Anyways, Jared Dickinson, thanks for coming on the show. Fantastic, man. Got a lot of good Thank albums you, out there. I'll tell you, he made me hungry with those two recommendations. So true. Uh, you know, Megan's not... Yeah, man, I'm telling you. Megan's not too far from us, Dave. We could make it up to Megan fairly fast. That could, that could be a day trip. Yeah. Yeah, and that H&H. Mm. What? Mm-hmm. Mm. And then Arnold's. I mean, both of them. They look. They look. Uh, you know, in the same vein. They are in the same vein. They're a. They're a, a meet and three. A meet and three. 
Oh, I'd like yes. to reverse that sometimes, you know, three meats and a side. Three meat, one side. You know, but yeah, I mean, let's, let's not get greedy. They're 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 people are hoarding chickens. We can't get greedy in this time, you know. Right, we'll take the chicken we can get. Got it, got to do it. But we, we'll we'll head there sometime, Dave. For the listeners out there, make sure you check it out. Ready the horses. It's coming out May twenty second. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. You just heard one of the songs. It was good. All right. Uh, Dave, it's time. Last birthday suit. All righty. You'll get this one. Not worried. Born on April 1st, 1983 in Florida City. Birthday suit wearer loves sports. From a young age, he played basketball, football, ran track. He first started high school at Miami Killian High School, then transferred Mm -hmm. to Gulliver Prep. In uh, football, he played both offense and defense as a running back and a defensive back. He set the state record for 2A football with 44 touchdowns in a season. Jeez. He also, Damn. that same season, had more than 100 tackles. He Coming out of high school, Impressive. he was listed as the number one prospect in Miami and in Florida. He chose to play for the University of Miami. After his two, I'm gonna guess Ed Reed. Not Ed Reed. Nope. Little okay. bit later, just a teensy bit later than Ed. Uh, okay, keep going. After his 2003 year, he went to the NFL. He was selected by the Washington Redskins fifth overall. He made Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor is correct. Yes, indeed. Let me finish. He made two Pro Bowl appearances in 2006. He made headlines when absolutely demolishing punter Brian Mormon. Oh, my God. Do you remember that tackle, Dave? Holy. Poor guy. Uh, why did he do it to the punter? And they kept on ESPN. They kept on replaying the Japanese uh, commentary from it because it's all in Je- uh, Japanese. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh! <laughs> wow. Just, woo, my goodness. Woo. Oh, good Lord, he got lit up. Anyway, sadly, in 2007, he was shot in a house, in his house, by burglars in the leg and later died from the wound, uh, dying at the age, sadly, of 24. But uh, he would have been 37. 37. So... R.I.P. Sean Taylor. Happy birthday to Sean Taylor. One of the best. One of the best as a safety. Could have been, man. What could have been. For sure. Uh, Dave, it is time to tell you about the fantastic shows we have coming up. Of course, we have some fantastic shows coming up. The two closest shows next week. We've got Lori Lieberman on the show. My goodness, some stories she has to tell. Uh, She has been a singer-songwriter since 71, Dave. 71. Goodness gracious. Yeah. She's got an amazing story, right? I've been telling you how she was part of the writing process of Killing Me Softly uh, with his song. Right. Yeah. Uh, she she uh, has this great story about how she went to uh, see Don McLean at the Troubadour, and from the, his song "Empty Chairs," she uh, she wrote uh, the lyrics or the second verse for "Killing Me Softly." That's right. Pretty impressive. Um, Very. You know. Now she told me. She told me uh, as we're talking for the interview. Uh, that Don McLean would be interested in an interview. And I'll tell you what. Say what? 
I can get Don McLean on the on the show. That'd be a feather in the That'll cap. That'll tickle your fancy. But I don't want to jinx it. I'm not going to jinx it. I mean, I already don't did by bringing it. it up, but who cares? You did. I don't want to jinx it. So, <laughs> uh, 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 also, after the Lori Lieberman show next week, we've also got John Craigie, so which true. I told you John Craigie has been put on a pedestal by none other than Andy Frasco as the greatest song uh, writer of our generation. Word. Dave. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm interested in talking with John. He's also fast friends, good good friends with the Shook Twins. Yeah, former guest on the show. Small world. Yeah, real real good friends with uh, with the Shook Twins. Uh, they're actually on his album cover that's on our wall. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah, he they're on his album cover that's on our wall. That's a fact. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Those shows are coming up. I'm extremely excited about them. Got a couple others. I'm laying down low. I think I might be able to get them. Pretty excited about them. Don't want to jinx that either. I was so excited about the Don McLean that I already jinxed it, so it probably won't happen. Yes! But oh boy, it's fine. It's fine, Dave. Until next time, guys, we got to wrap it up. So keep it safe. But until next time, I've been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles, Berlin. Going to be practicing safe social distancing. Amen. By distancing the show. Amen. Next week, you know, seven days, six feet. There you go. Keep your... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm only thinking about soul food now. I've got fried chicken on my mind. I can't think of anything else. Three meat combo. Dang it, come on. Anyways, until next time, guys, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah.